Hey everyone, welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club, and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And I'm Annie. (laughs) And today's topic is Fourth Wing chapters 13 through 15. Big chapters, you know, with a big new guest. (laughs) I actually love how these chapters were perfectly um all of threshing like 13 through 15 was just all threshing like we we didn't like leave halfway or join in halfway through and that was totally by chance because we're just going three chapters at a time yes but it also ended us with a little bit of a cliffhanger which I hated I hated but it was good yeah it was good And we're so excited to have Annie on the podcast. She is a new guest, obviously. Um, And first college friend guest. So, you know. You know, go Irish. Shout out. Go Irish. Go Sam Hartman. Shout out. Yeah, (laughs) I think. our lives. (laughs) I think. Wait, that's the quarterback, right? Yes. (laughs) Our group chat is literally just like people sending pictures and videos and like thirst traps of him like (laughs) as it should be were you one of the ones annie who was shrieking in the crowd at the last game uh yeah 100 (laughs) percent. when as he was describing that i remember it because it like was so iconic like he was just on this (laughs) giant screen like and literally smirking at like all of these girls screaming his name yep it's a little bit embarrassing but um for like for us and for all the women in the stadium to treat him like he's this like celebrity icon <laughs> but um the, like Notre Dame knows what the people want and they just keep posting like slow-mo videos of him warming up like although okay this is probably the last time I talk about him because I think it's starting to sound creepy but anyway go Irish <laughs> <laughs> but also to intro Annie she's another guest who has read all of fourth wing and has loved it which we did had our first guest last episode and I thought it worked so well because you are coming in as like the expert and Sadie and Sadie and I are coming in just so blind you know totally yeah I was like going through making my notes as I reread the chapters because I obviously first time read the book flew through it and you know it was all kind of a blur um And I feel like a lot of the things I would have written down would have kind of been like, what do I think is going to happen next? Or what's here if I was kind of in your guys' place? So I was like, what am I supposed to write? So I was kind of writing like things where I'm like, oh, I should like ask them this. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be Izzy. Oh, perfect. I love that. And she was saying she feels my pain with um, the stress of not spoiling things. But I said I have double because I have this and then I was going to make an Akatar reference, but then I realized it was in a book you haven't read yet. That I haven't so read yet. Like, oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> I sometimes I have, forget, Sadie, that you've only read the first two. Like, that's actually crazy. I know. I was just in Penn State over the weekend with, like, my whole family and some of my cousins. And basically, they have all read Akatar and been listening to our podcast and they're all oh just God, like staring that. at me and they're all just like I can't believe you don't know what happens in the book three in book three <laughs> they're like I can't believe you had the will to stop and I'm like me either but then I started fourth wing and I was fully hooked I almost forgot where did we even leave off in fourth wing 
in Akatar. Oh, what? I was like, it was last week. <laughs> um, in, in Akatar, she went back to the spring court. Okay. All right. Well, wait. So Annie took the dragon quiz. Yes. So before we started recording, we gave Annie the dragon quiz, which is by far the worst quiz that we've had. <laughs> I was I was giving it to her and I was like, every question is like, how do you approach a problem? Are you cunning and ruthless, calm and honorable, like witty and intelligent? And then it just like repeats that for every single question. <laughs> and each question is done twice, too. It's like, who are you to your friends? How do your friends think about you? Like uh, yeah. all these things over and over again. Yeah, but regardless, um, it's the only quiz we have, so we'll be sticking with it. And we can't change it now. Two people have taken it, and I've taken it. So Annie got, drum roll, Sigail. Woo! Yes, cunning and ruthless Annie. <laughs> but I actually, actually, I got that too, and I answered, I answered completely differently, so I don't get it. But I wonder if how many options there are. There might only be three. Because I think <laughs> I think there might only be three. <laughs> but I still need to take it. So maybe next was, episode. You would think that there was like six. Because I think there was six answers to every question or five. Yeah. And like there's a very oh. specific character trait like for each answer. Oh, you're right. There's probably five or six yeah. then. There must be more. Sadie, we'll, ha- we'll still have to have you take it. And I will be posting it on our Instagram so everyone else can take it um because it's still fun and it's there's definitely less quiz options for fourth wing because it's a newer book so maybe we should make a quiz I love that idea (laughs) how do you how does one do that (laughs) there's definitely a way anyway stay tuned (laughs) before we before we get into the chapters let's do um let's each give our brief weekend recaps yeah, you guys start. Okay. So Annie also lives in Chicago. Um, so we're we're here in my room recording live. Sadie's virtual. Sad. Um, <laughs> but I... What did I do on Friday? Oh, I was traveling in Indy last week. So I got home. And on Friday, I was just wanted to chill. Went out to dinner. Watched a movie. Saturday, we had brunch. Um, Annie and I had brunch with a group of girlfriends, which was delightful. And then we went to Texan Taco Bar. No, <laughs> I love that place. Yeah. yeah our, um, our friend Jocelyn was in town um, and all the girls went out to Texan Taco Bar plus Connor. Girls Night plus Connor. Girls Night plus Connor. And Jocelyn's boyfriend. And Josh. He um, dared, and he dared again, to go to Texan Taco Bar? I know. I was telling everyone, I was like, last time we were here, Connor got in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Connor actually got attacked. Um, but no, Texan Taco Bar never disappoints. We had a great time. Um, and then Sunday, I chilled in the morning. It was a lovely fall day. Went on a walk and then uh, got dinner with Connor's parents. Uh, yeah, my weekend all of Saturday was, you know, mostly with Izzy, which <laughs> made it the best day of the weekend. Jealous. Um, Friday, I had a, a Halloween pregame at my place and then, just, you know, went out to a bar. Me and my roommates were the three blind mice. So, cute. You know, not super creative. I'm a mouse. <laughs> Duh. 
<laughs> okay, I was hoping you guys would get the reference. That was a good reference. I need to, I, you, you did I well. need to stop <laughs> making connections today. It's not working. I, I, I got the reference. I laughed. I'm sorry I didn't like fall on the floor laughing. <laughs> it was funny. No, we got it. We got it. <laughs> um, and then Sunday, our friends did a chili cook-off competition. Um, Cute. So that was fun. We had three different types of chili. I made cornbread because I was not in the mood to cook chili. So, you know, we can't all participate. But the chilies were all delicious. Um, we didn't pick a winner because everyone was nervous about cooking in the first place. <laughs> so we decided we were all winners because we all got great food and great friendship. I love that. I'm sad I missed it. Um, Annie... I feel like I should also ask you like a book related question and I feel like we should start doing that for all our guests. But okay. what other what other book are you reading right now slash besides Fourth Wing? Like what other books have you been reading and what's a recommendation for the listeners? Um wow, recommendations you're putting me on the spot for that. <laughs> um what am I reading right now? It's called Demon Copperhead. It's a fictional story that's loosely based on a Dickens book book i've heard that's good um it's interesting i've read like real stories that are kind of along those lines it's about this kid who's like growing up in appalachia so like very poor um and his mom's like a, a drug addict and his dad is dead and then sort of like all the trials and tribulations he goes through but it starts off like very much pov of a little kid and then as he gets older like the writing gets more mature but it's kind of weird because he's wearing, living this, like, whole, basically, adult life, and he's, like, 11. So you kind of have to keep, like, putting yourself back there. Wait, I actually was talking to Connor's mom about that book yesterday. So maybe I'll have to add it to my list. Um, but I actually... Sorry, Sadie. This is the last thing I say, and then we will recap your weekend because I really want to oh. hear about your family weekend. It wasn't but, that glamorous. Um, but I was listening to The Toast this morning, and they were talking about books, and Claudia was saying how... Which, if you don't listen to the toast, you should. It's hilarious. Um, but Claudia was saying how she literally either is reading like a World War II historical fiction book or smut, and she's like, "There's no in between." And like that when you're so when you're you. reading, it's I was like, that could not be more me. And she was saying like, when you're reading smut, you're like, "I wish I had a book that was a little that made me think a little bit more." And when you're reading like a historical fiction, like literary book, you're like, "I wish this had a little bit more romance." And she was saying how she wishes there was something in the middle. And I was like, you know, I actually, I think fantasy genre is my in the middle because it makes you think like you're absorbing a whole new world. Mm -hmm. But there's that, there's that romance element where you can just be like in the moment loving it, like zooming through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. I feel like I haven't read any of the Bridgerton series, but I imagine that it would also be kind of like that, right? Like that's like historical times depends on how historical they lean have you read in the them? Show. <laughs> no i just based on the show i read the first one i i would say it's it all smut, smut. <laughs> it's all smut okay fair enough just based on the show they're playing like ariana grande in the background i don't i don't know well yeah i okay. thought that maybe for the show they were trying to uh play to it i don't think they're playing any music in uh the book <laughs> Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sadie, tell us about your weekend. All right, all right. Okay, so I was in 
Penn State this weekend. I have two cousins that go there, and I'm really close with all my extended family, so we kind of took it as an opportunity to have a little reunion. And it was so great. I feel like I haven't like gotten to really hang out with all my aunts and uncles in a while. And um, we got there Friday and went out to the bars. And have you guys ever been to State College? Penn State specifically? Yeah, that's what they call the town. Yeah. No. Um, No, but I I saw the Jonas Brothers went once. Looked crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, true. They do love it there. I think, like, at least Joe Joe and Sophie, you know, back in the good old days. (laughs) I Yeah, I do remember that that was, like, their spot. So, no, have not been. Yeah, well, they are just so strict. You cannot buy liquor and beer in the same place. They're sold in separate stores. You can not buy more than 15 cans of beer at a time. 15 cans? Yeah, like at, it's like That's in ounces, crazy. however many ounces that is. Like you can't yeah. go into the gas station and buy more than 15 cans of beer. What the heck? Yeah. Dude, we have like an ounce limit in Indiana. Yeah, but it was like three was cases. Lot. I remember like we used to think we were going to hit it and we'd have like a whole shopping cart full of beer or stuff and we wouldn't hit it it's like how do you buy for a tailgate then right you have to be like planning for weeks i think (laughs) start a stockpile (laughs) yeah (laughs) just like every day everyone has to go but then they're also like so strict at the bars like they scan your id and then the camera like there's like a computer that takes a picture of your face and compares it to the picture on your id that's so intense i would not expect that from penn state i think of it as like a big they're party known as a party school. school and i'm like how how are you partying <laughs> must be a frat school <laughs> yeah but how are they getting the beer <laughs> like i don't <laughs> i don't understand actually can you buy a keg <laughs> no yeah. that's more than the ounces unless you go through like a distributor you know what i mean like you wouldn't be able to buy it from a store but anyway you gotta have a guy <laughs> yeah they probably do honestly um but it was still obviously I'm of age, so I was able to go to the bars, no problem. And we, we are 26 g- years old. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone uh, listening. <laughs> yeah. So we went to the bars. So fun. Uh, the game was at noon, unfortunately, but the tailgate was lit we went into the game for like all five minutes and we were like let's go back to the tailgate (laughs) it was so fun which I'm a little sad now that I didn't really watch the game but I had a lot of fun at the tailgate like with my cousins and stuff and um yeah it was just great overall 10 out of 10 time oh my god wait the other crazy part so we got an Airbnb and we didn't realize this before but as you can imagine like State college is not really like a, like unless there's a game, no one's like really traveling there. And so it's just not a town that has like a large amount of Airbnbs that are solely Airbnbs. So this was like fully someone's house. Like I slept in a probably eight year old boy's bed. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom slept in probably a four year old girl's bed. Like it was like fully someone's house. It was so strange. And it was like in the middle of the woods. Like we were driving down a dirt path for like 
at least two miles into the woods and then going up basically a mountain. Like, I don't know how they get to their house in the, in the winter when it's snowing. And I was actually cracking up at myself because it was late when we arrived. So it was dark and we're driving through the woods with our lights on. And I just started in 1989 had just came out and I started playing. Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. That is a good one, Sadie. (laughs) Thank you. One landed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But also what was funny was um, Saturday morning I was running late for brunch with Annie and I was just out of the shower like freshly out of the shower wearing zero clothes and I my phone starts ringing and it's Sadie and it's a FaceTime and I was like okay I'll pick up because it's Sadie I like threw a sweatshirt on had no <laughs> pants on and picked up the FaceTime at Sadie and she's like Izzy and I was like hey what's up she's like my whole family wants to meet you <laughs> camera camera pans to like seven people and they're all like waving <laughs> It's like, hello, Johnson family. You know, at least you threw the sweatshirt on. Hair was like plastered to my face. <laughs> They're all fans. I told you they listen to the pod. And we were all drinking your uh, caramel vodka and apple cider shots. And yeah, I had to, I had to, sh- I had to show them the creator. I love it. I hope they all, I hope they all enjoyed the shot. It was a good time. It was a good time. I also used her shot this weekend, so. Yeah, Annie did too for her Halloween pregame. It's really so good. It's catching on. It's catching on. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's get into the chapters because I feel like there's There's going to be a lot to to say. say. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of our shorter sets. So, yeah, still three chapters, but each of the chapters were, like, pretty short, I feel. Um. But okay, so we left off last week. Um, I don't even remember, honestly. Everyone <laughs> got <through>. <laughs> <laughs> I got really distracted here. Uh, Violet the Golden Dragon. Through, through the gauntlet, yeah. They went through, um, they had presentation day. They, you know, walked through dragons. Some of her peers were scorched to death. Remember those two dragons were checking out her scales, all the things, but they most importantly ended with at the end of presentation a little tiny golden feather tail dragon that was so cute and it really left us wondering will she bond with the big black dragon that we learned about in class or will she bond with little goldie right because they're both obviously main character dragons totally totally And I just have to say, I did not say this um, after or during the last episode, but I do want to say what a theory I had subsequent to the recording, which is wrong. So, but I'm going to acknowledge it now. So (laughs) my theory was that because Izzy had also been asking me to take a guess at what her signet ability will be. And I was like, I just have no leads yet. And so I decided that little golden dragon is big black dragon in disguise. And once she bonds with little Goldie, it will turn into big black dragon. And then her signet ability will be shape-shifting. I think that's a genius theory. Like I can see the golden dragon. I mean, and it kind of like the golden dragon was kind of like a test, you know, it totally was. So you kind of got that right. 
yeah i honestly like would love to read a book that went that way <laughs> thank yeah. you but alas i was wrong so let's get into it let's, let's find get out who it. she actually bonds with um so chapter 13 opens with um another quote of course do you would you like to read it isabel yes this one's just kind of like an obvious quote um there's yeah. not i don't see any like, hidden hidden meetings in here but yeah. it says there's nothing quite as humbling or awe-inspiring as witnessing threshing for those who live through it anyway and that's from the field guide to dragon kind love it just really teeing up an eventful set of chapters yeah i feel like just teeing up that violet's going to almost die <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, so the chapter opens, it's October 1st, which is threshing, if you didn't get that, and everyone is like jumping, stretching, throwing up in anticipation, just like super anxious, um, but their professor gives them some advice, he tells them to pay attention not just to their surroundings, but their feelings, for if a dragon has already selected you, they will be calling for you. Which I, wasn't I was so confused. Completely sure what that meant. No, I was so confused. One, I was thinking it's really incredible that we're not very far into this book and we're already at threshing. Like threshing could have been like the end of this book, like if it, totally it was going at guitar pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying that Rebecca moves way faster than any other f- writer in this genre. I think, which I is totally nice. Totally agree. But I'm also constantly confused because she doesn't like tell you the rules until you're like in a situation where those rules need are to directly apply. directly yeah. applicable yeah. yeah yeah I had the same feeling when I was reading I was like how many pages am I in and we're already at like what I thought was kind of going to be the climax of the book like yeah there's a lot more to go so there's got to be some other stuff <laughs> yeah my initial questions about threshing were how close do you have to be to a dragon to to match with them how soon after do you get your powers? And if you guess wrong and approach the wrong dragon, will it kill you? And some of these go unanswered. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I think it will kill you if you get too close. But we didn't really get any experience. Not to spoiler yeah, alert. I think, I think the way they kind of talk about it, it's it's more like it depends on the type of dragon. Like I think some are a little bit more feisty than others. I, I think. I could be wrong, but like maybe the red ones like are easily mm. angered and stuff like that. So I think if you make the eye contact with the wrong kind of dragon, you're gone. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, So Rhiannon asks Vi which dragon she's going to go for. But Violet explains she really doesn't feel connected to any, which made me then be like, is maybe it won't be Goldie because she did see Goldie. And like if she didn't feel any kind of connection, that would be strange. Um, but Rhiannon tells Violet she's thinking about getting a green one, um, but which is one of the ones that like got all close and personal with Violet at presentation day, like Rhiannon felt a connection to it when it did that, which is really telling about her because Mira, who we know is a badass is also with a green dragon. So I'm having, I have like a question mark about Rhiannon in my head because Literally because our friend Holly got our friend Sarah a birthday present 
and it was a bookmark that was fourth wing themed and it said something about someone in the book being like a bitch or something like it was like this person sucks i don't know but now i'm worried it's rhiannon because i can't think of like Wait. another woman that we would be scared that we like I don't know, but I'm just wait, worried wait, about wait, her. wait, wait, wait. The bookmark just casually says like this person's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm yeah. so confused. That's what Holly said. I didn't see it, but she was describing it to me, and I was like, "What does that mean? Who is it?" So now, now I'm just questioning, you know, who who it could be. And Rhiannon just came to mind. I hope it's not her, but I'm I just hope, raising I hope the question. It's not her. She, I want her to be like Ron or Hermione vibes, but I could see her betraying. I think what really made me have slight skepticism that like maybe she will betray her is when there was like a like a really quick moment last chapter where she very quickly tells Rhiannon that about the scales on her vest. And she's just like, yep, promise won't tell anyone. And like it was so quick. And it wasn't like it didn't seem like a big moment, even though it could have been. And the fact that it was so quick makes me think that like she just threw it in there because it's like something's going to happen because she told her later. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. But we'll see. Flags have been raised. I just want. Yeah. I just want Violet to have one safe person. (laughs) Um. Okay, so Violet glances over at Jack Harlow, who is running a finger across his neck <laughs> at her with Orin and Tynan on his sides. There's no squad loyalty between them. Um, but um, this is when you first said, when you first said uh, Jack Harlow, I was like, did I miss that? Reading this whole thing, that this guy's <laughs> name is the same as the singer. I was like, what? And then I was like, like just now or in no, the- no no like in an earlier episode and <laughs> I was like what how did I not I- notice that and then I heard you guys talk like the next episode about like how I must have like missed the commentary on it the first time or whatever that's his name now though and yeah. that's his cat that's who's gonna play him in the in the show uh, it <laughs> should be I honestly don't hate that casting <laughs> I know he's like kind of an actor now wasn't he in like a recent remake of a basketball movie or something I don't follow him that closely. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't actually know. I probably made that up. But anyway. Um, but anyway, this little movement towards Violet basically just was an indicator her, to her that they will be after her in threshing, which is just sigh. Can't catch a break. Yeah, but I also said in my notes, he's been a little too quiet in the last two in the last few chapters, so he had to kind of, you know, pop up moment. and have a moment. I also was saying because um in threshing the the instructor tells them to all split up and you're not supposed to be with anyone else. And I was thinking that it really seems literally every component about being a writer or at least becoming a writer requires so much isolation. Like there's no contact from your family. You're encouraged to kill each other. It's just a very, very much every man for himself mentality versus with the rebels. That's the only time we saw like a showing of camaraderie, you know? Yep. Yep. And I, and I feel like misery does bring people together. So it's like, (laughs) 
I feel like in a world like this college, you, it would be natural for there to be camaraderie built and like team bonding and whatnot because they're like going through such hardships, but yet they almost encourage them to actively push against that, which is strange. Yeah, like at every turn, they encourage them to not form relationships. I feel like Violet, though, has it a little bit with her, her squad mates, like Rhiannon and uh, She does. And, uh, what's the other guy's name? Riddick? Riddick. Riddick. I think yeah. she does, and that's why she's meant to be a rebel. <laughs> <The hell down. laughs> Prediction. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. So the chapter jumps to a couple hours into threshing. Violet has come across almost every color dragon at this point, and none of them have spoken to her or given her the sense of connection that she's supposed to feel. So she climbs up a tree so she can see out over the value and value valley. (laughs) She sees several dragons, but still no pull. She does see a few dozen other dragonless cadets, which gives her a little bit more hope. And at that same moment, the little golden dragon flies past the sun. Um, But she also doesn't mention having a pull with that dragon, which again, I was like, I really thought she was going to bond with it. But she even when she saw him in that moment, she didn't feel anything. Yeah, me too. I was like waiting for the mating bond to snap into place. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of that, I need to stop. But I just watched Eclipse part, not Eclipse, Breaking Dawn part one, where Jacob mates with Renesme in Twilight. And <laughs> okay, imprints. <laughs> oh, whatever. Imprints, same thing. Mates just mates just sound, sounds wrong in that context because Renesme is like a baby. <laughs> well, what I'm getting to is that it is wrong. It feels incredibly strange when he looks into this baby's eyes and falls to his knees. And then when she's like a kid, like probably like eight, and they're like trying to go and talk to the other um, vampires to show that she's not immortal. And he like picks her up and is like carrying her on his hip. And she's like an eight-year-old. And I'm like, you're, this is so uncomfortable. This is so strange. Yeah, I felt like, it's Stephanie Meyer that's the author? Yeah. I feel like Stephanie Meyer, like, tried while she was writing that to make it normal and she's like you don't get it like we feel like a big brother and then we don't and I'm like you really can't you really can't you can't make it normal. I, I could it see myself I could see myself falling for it while reading the book because there's so much more context so much more detail you're so engrossed in this fantasy world but like just watching the movies it is, and when I was younger, it didn't bother me, but, like, now I'm, like, this is so fucking weird. Yeah, in the books, also, they have another wolf do that first. Like, they have, in, like, the third book, one of his wolf brothers, like, is bonded with a, it's like, a two-year-old. Like a two-year-old, yeah. And they're, like, explaining, like, oh, no, he's just her big brother until she's 18, and then it will turn into something else. Um, but, yeah, in the movie, it just looks like he's fallen in love with a baby, and that's, that really is unfortunate for Taylor Lautner. Well, the only good thing for him is, you know, she ages quickly, so. She ages quickly. Renesmee yeah. does age quickly. Yeah, and and I remember when I was younger, I did I did like it because it felt like the only way Jacob and Edward could win, you know, to be like, oh, 
it was just always meant for it to be Renesme. That's why he was so infatuated with uh, what's her face, Bella, Bella. <laughs> I don't know why. I just never am like into the main lead. <laughs> Well, Bella's not super likable. <laughs> no, true. definitely not. Definitely not. Great movies, though. I should really rewatch those also. Yeah. They're awesome. yeah. What is it? Hulu or something? Oh, are they? Amazon Prime. Oh, that's my list. Oh, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Even better. Perfect. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so she back to back to this universe. Um, so she's climbing down the tree. When all of a sudden she hears voices of that idiot trio, Jack, Harlow, Oren, and Tynan. And they're on the hunt to kill the little golden dragon because they think it's a liability. Okay, but when they're initially talking, I thought they were after Violet. No. Yeah, I think at first, like their first line, maybe it made you think that. But then it's like becomes obvious they're after the dragon, which is just stupid. Well, because Jack Harlow did that motion like killing to her at the beginning. And then the first line is him saying, I'm telling you, I think I saw it headed this way. And I was like, we're calling Violet an it now? That is so (laughs) rude. (laughs) And then he was saying like, it doesn't deserve to live because it's so small. I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really get the whole, you know, obsession with hunting down the golden dragon anyways, but. You know, maybe it was. A They're just plot. crazy. He's just crazy. crazy. I was like, I was like, what made you God and decide what gets to live, what deserves to live, and what deserves to die? Like literally, the arrogance is beyond me. I was screaming at this part. <laughs> yeah, he says it's for the best. It's unrideable, a certified freak, and you know, feather tails are useless in combat. They refuse to fight. And Violet thinks to herself. No one knows anything about Feathertail. So I don't know where Jack is getting his information. And so then I was thinking maybe she will bond with it and then it will fight under the right circumstances. Because if like no one really knows, you know. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, they know all of this stuff about dragons, but no one knows about this whole like breed of dragons. Like, yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah, because they're all obsessed with fighting and like mm-hmm. size. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I did like the quote, um, my stomach twists. It's Jack. No one else's voice has that physical effect on me. Not even Zayden's. I'm like, why are we talking about Zayden right now? <laughs> That's an interesting thing to say. Like, it's like one's your, she's. Like, it's just rich, but Jack and Zayden in the same sense. She's, she's just, clearly like, a- she's just always making connections to Zayden. Like, he's just always in the back of her mind. Yeah, that's true. It all circles back to him. Always. Okay, so Viola's debating what to do, but she knows she can't do nothing. So she decides to just try to get to the golden dragon first and warn it. So she's racing through the woods, trying to beat Jack and his stupid clan. And, of course, she trips over a branch hidden by leaves and tumbles down a hill and breaks her ankle. Of course. This poor girl. Um, So she kind of, like, rolls into the meadow where the golden dragon is, just, like, chilling, lounging in the sun in the middle of this meadow. 
Um, she starts waving to it, shooing it, telling it to fly away, but it just kind of like cocks its head at her like a dog and starts like waving its tail is what it sounds like. It's literally described like a golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's so cute. And yet they want to <laughs> kill it. But anyway, so um, the boys appear and Violet's like whisper yelling to the dragon to scorch them. But she knows deep down in her bones that it can't. Deep in her bones, I wrote bonded question mark. <laughs> Right. I, I also was like, I don't know why she's assuming it can't do anything because I would still assume you're a dragon. You can fly. You have wings. You can fly. Surely you can fly. But she was like, I'm, I, I think it's actually defenseless, which I also was like, she she has some like she I think she has a connection to it just because she's also small and kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Defenseless. Yeah. And but she thinks. She thinks it's going to die just because it's smaller, weaker than the other dragons, just like me. So sad. Um, But she can't help herself. She steps out and cries, you can't do this, walking with the weight on her broken ankle so they won't know she's hurt. And Jack responds, oh, look, we can take out both the weakest links at the same time. Been waiting a long time for this, Sorengale. And Vi kind of like makes her way between where she's standing between the dragon and I wrote and the roaches. (laughs) (laughs) I was hating them in this moment. (laughs) The roaches. I don't know where that came from. I don't think I've ever called anyone a roach before. I was going to say, what an interesting insult. (laughs) Um, Very descriptive. I also thought it was very almost out not like out of character for jack harlow to be doing this because like he's so violent but he's also so obsessed with getting his dragon so i'm surprised he's even taking the time to go on this random hunt it's very weird yeah yeah i maybe it's just like a level of cockiness like he's like yeah my dragons because the dragons like have already picked them it's not like you like i feel like most of them just he's not thinking that like it's his dragon's gonna pick someone else like he's like yeah my my dragon will be there when i'm done doing this <laughs> yeah well i think first of all he has a screw loose so <laughs> it's not right up there and i thought it was weird too because i was like even if you he, he had a dragon that wanted him don't you think he would then reject him for killing another dragon like what's your game plan bro like what's he trying to do yeah, I this this was the audacity to like think he's too like he's too strong for a dragon like that dragon shouldn't get to li- it's just it's beyond me. This was crazy. But anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. And and Violet is like trying to reason with him. She's like she's making eye contact with Orin cuz he feels like he looks visibly uncomfortable with the whole situation. Um, she's like, you can't kill a dragon. It goes against everything we believe in. But Jack's insisting. He's like letting something so weak, so incapable of fighting live is against our beliefs. And Violet's response is admirable. Um, but it doesn't really mean much to Jack. She says, you're going to have to get through me then. (laughs) 
And I was like, well, in this moment, I wish she had been better trained in hand-to-hand combat. Like, if she's going to she, throw that line around. <laughs> it, it's true, but she does actually do pretty good. She does. She does. But in that moment, I was like, damn, was like, she really should have gotten some practice in before she like went that, out to the fields. That really just wasn't a big threat. <laughs> really, really wasn't. Um, so the boys all draw their swords and Violet has a dagger in each hand, and she thinks, this isn't the mat. There are no instructors, no yielding, nothing to stop them from slaughtering me, slaughtering us. And my and I wrote, like, in all caps next to that, it's her dragon! Because she just, like, keeps <laughs> grouping herself with, uh, with her little baby dragon. And, um, but just as the fight is about to begin, a voice comes yelling out from across the field, I would strongly recommend you rethink your actions. And the chapter ends with Violet's thoughts. Zanin is leaning against the tree, his arms folded across his chest and behind him watching with narrowed golden eyes, her fangs exposed, is Sigale, his terrifying navy blue dagger tail, otherwise known as Izzy and Annie's dragon. (laughs) (laughs) i was hyped in this moment i was like yes like he's returning the favor and like cashing that in he's gonna he's gonna save her and then that's exactly that's not what happens he just stands there but um i like that i like that she proved that she could kind of hold her own in a real life setting although i'm really not sure how because she never actually practiced except the one time zayden showed her like two moves but I'm glad that she, I'm glad that he doesn't like directly just intervene and like take care of all of them for her, you know? Yeah. I mean, really- Zayden doesn't actually do anything in this moment. I'm not really sure why he's there other than he kind of just like instills some confidence in her. He says like, watch your back like one time or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I had a note, which is like very much along the line, uh, lines of your thinking, Izzy. I was like, do we believe she actually can beat Tynan and Oren at hand-to-hand combat with a twisted ankle when she didn't even really participate in the sparring because she was poisoning her enemies? Dot, dot, dot. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I don't believe it because it's it's already three against one and she ha- has audibly said, she's verbally said that she's not a good fighter. So, But... At her last sparring match that we were present for, Zayden taught her a few moves. Let's not forget. He he taught her how to like horizontally pin someone to the ground. <laughs> 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 I mean, he did say like you should use your speed and agility and the fact that you're smaller, but her ankle was so bent out of shape that she couldn't like run away or I don't know. It just seemed like one too many. It was a long shot. It was the adrenaline. Yeah. 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 The adrenaline. Yeah. Okay. So going into chapter 14, the opening quote, this quote made me a little bit more nervous. Yes. Okay. It says, in the six centuries of recorded history of dragon and writer, There have been hundreds of known cases where a dragon simply cannot emotionally recover from the loss of their bonded writer. 
This happens when the bond is particularly strong and in three documented cases has even caused the untimely death of the dragon. I thought this was really interesting, but I really don't know what to do with it. So after this chapter, and I, this is going to kind of give away what's coming up, but um, I, I did not, one, it made me super nervous. I was like, is Zayden going to fucking die? Like is, cause that's the only like, dragon rider duo we know really right now and then I was like or is this like kind of uh referencing maybe something that happened with Brennan and his dragon and like where his dragon is now but I think what we're gonna learn is spoiler alert (laughs) but uh Violet's dragon says something along and I have the quote written down later but says something along the lines of I didn't think I would make it this far either so we have that in common and so I feel like it's kind of referencing something we're going to learn about her dragon story and its former writer yeah I I had that same thought I was like either it's something with Brennan's dragon like you said with something with Violet's dragon or something with like because the rebels all had dragons, right? Because they were writers. Mm-hmm. And so they all got killed. So maybe some of that's why it's like their dragons are, there's less dragons at threshing because those dragons are not joining anymore or something. I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah I don't have like a solid prediction here, but I am very intrigued to learn more. Yeah. Any Any little tidbits you can give on this, Annie? What is it referencing? Oh, that's a dangerous question. Um, no tidbits for me. I'll say I love that you guys call out these quotes because I think they're super helpful. But, you know, I think some of them apply right away and some of them are a slower burn. And you All never right. know until you read the chapter. <laughs> you don't know. You really don't. Um, okay. So... For a split second, with Zayden's arrival, she has some hope, but that quickly vanishes when she remembers the rules, and that is that he is not allowed to interfere during threshing, no matter what's happening. And, oh, but really his quickly? Advice flat- yeah. Sorry, before I had one, I had, did have one note on the quote, which is that the quote is from the unedited history by Colonel Lewis Markham, and I thought it was interesting that it specifically said the unedited version. Because yeah. we were how saying, do you edit, how do you edit history? Right. Well, we were saying that like everything with the rebels and stuff has probably mm-hmm. been passed down, obviously from the winner's perspective. So I, I just thought that was an interesting. Yeah, like we note. like we don't think that Violet has the whole truth about what really happened. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such a good point. So I didn't even notice that. Um, but for a split, okay, so I'm sorry. So for a split second, Violet has hope, but that quickly vanishes when she remembers the rules, which is that he's not allowed to interfere during threshing, uh, no matter what. So his advice flashes into her mind and I'll requote it. It's hope is a fickle, dangerous thing. It steals your focus and aims it toward the possibilities instead of keeping it where it belongs on the probabilities. And I feel like other than his behind you later on, this was really all his presence gave. It's just like, 
recentered her onto what she needs to be focusing on. So I really need everyone to stop pretending that there's actually rules because there are no <laughs> rules. Like, like Jack Harlow and his posse are currently in the process of breaking a rule. So you know, I feel like Zayden could just break a rule too. Then they cancel out, you know, like you can't kill a dragon. They just are. And that's fine. Like there's no real consequences. So you might as well just break the rules. They aren't real. But I don't even know if it's truly a rule that you can't kill a dragon. I think it's like more of like a belief because she would have like referenced some codex thing or whatever, which she didn't. She was just like, like, why is that not in the codex? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe because it's just like it's like right and wrong and it's just like they expect you to know. I don't know. So Um, is like killing an innocent girl. (laughs) That's very true. But that's that's Um, allowed though. That's allowed. That's fair game. The dragon? No. Um, So anyway, the flash of his advice really rips her back into reality and she's focused on the three people trying to kill her. Thank God. And she kind of like yells to the dragon behind her, the golden one. So that's a no on the flying, which I think I didn't write down in the last chapter, but she was telling it like, can you fly? Can you fly away? And it was just kind of like looking at her like la 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 la. And, um, (laughs) and so she's like, so that's a no on flying. And it just kind of like huffs. And she's like, well, if, you can back me up with those claws. I'd really appreciate it. And it's just kind of like staring at her huffing again. And she looks down its feet and it literally only has paws. It's just a baby. <laughs> it's literally like a pudgy little cartoon dragon. Like that is what I picture. I, I picture it like in dragon form, but like just like a little, my little pony. <laughs> yeah yeah he's just a baby um but the fight begins and I kind of uh tried to just capture the highlights here but all three of them start just running at her and she first throws a dagger and it hits Jack right in the shoulder um and she's like He's like, you tore up my shoulder. You should destroy my shoulder. She's like, that's the thing about having weak joints. You know exactly where to strike. (laughs) I like how he's like, you hurt me. Yes, he's like trying to kill her. (laughs) Also, also Tynan, just to call out, Tynan also is her squad mate. So that is yet another rule that is currently being broken. Tynan's not supposed to attack a squad mate, but he is. So yeah, yeah. Um, but Jack just like tells his friends to kill her and then just runs into the woods. <laughs> just he is like the abandoned. worst villain. Like he's like the worst villain. Like what? He's he so reminds me Draco. Of, um, he kind of reminds me of Miles Teller, Teller's character from Divergent. Yes. Yes. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like Miles Teller's character also was really bad. Like def- I think in the first one, doesn't he try and kill her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he dumped her in like that river or tries to dump her in the river yeah um but then i think he like he gets injured and then he like tries to become her friend and then keeps betraying her but like kind of same energy just like a lot of threats not a lot of follow-through kind of a like weak guy in his core right like i can see we're obviously 
Jack Harlow, not the main villain, but I can see him being a constant annoyance. And like, even in the next books, the next book, like they like reunite at like a battle and have to like fight each other. Like he's just going to be a problem, an ongoing problem. Yeah. But I don't think he's actually like, if I, if I learned anything from this fight, like he's a, he's the distractor villain. He's not actually the villain. Yes. He is the, the villain until we get to the big villain. Right. Um, so she almost gets sliced open with Oren's sword, but Mira's armor protects her yet again. And he's like, what the heck? And it like kind of distracts him. Um, and she's able to knock him out. So he like is knocked out on the ground, passed out. And, uh, then she stabs Tynan in his side. Um, but he gets her back and like slices her arm wide open. And then, um, I think I got my notes mixed up, but it was Oren who was coming at her head and Zayden was like behind you. And then she's able to knock him out. So I got them mixed up a little bit, but shout out Zayden. Um, and so it's just Tynan now and she throws it. She's throwing it. They're kind of like facing off circling as if they're on the mat and, uh, talking shit to each other. And he throws a dagger or she throws a dagger, but her arm is like bleeding so profusely from him stabbing it that she doesn't have a good grip on her dagger. And it kind of just like slips out of her hand and lands on the grass like a few feet away. And um, at this moment, she's kind of just accepting her defeat. She's like, I'm about to die. It is what it is. At least it wasn't Jack who who killed me. Um but then all of a sudden she sees Zayden move out of the corner of her eye and then a huge gust of wind like knocks her forward. She looks up at Tyne and his mouth is like hanging wide open. He's like staggering backwards and she looks over her shoulder and they're standing with the golden dragon tucked under its enormous scarred black wing is the biggest dragon she's ever seen in her life. The unbonded black dragon that does I was really I was really excited because at this point I fully was like okay so she gets the gold dragon like that's good but I do I do wish you know she had a had kind of a badass dragon although I do yeah. like the little cute one but I was like how is she gonna you know be taken seriously um so when the black dragon showed up I was like hell yes and I wish I wish Jack Harlow was here to see this oh and he but he will see it he will see it. Um, and I can't wait. I know. I can't wait for his reaction. I thought the same thing because at this point I was like fully shipping her and Goldie. And, and honestly, at this point, I thought, you know, my um, even when the black dragon appeared, I, I thought my prediction was coming true. I was ready to celebrate. I thought the golden dragon had <laughs> turned into the black dragon. Wait, um, yeah, that is actually very confusing <laughs> for a second. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like, I was literally already, like, thinking of my celebration on the pod. But um, <laughs> but then it said the golden dragon tucked underneath the wing. And I was like, oh, damn. Um, but, yes, I agree. She needed something crazy or something, um, something to prove what's on the inside, right? Like, everyone just sees her weak exterior. They needed – she needed an external reflection of what she's got going on on the inside, you know? Agree. Um, so the dragon says, 
<clears throat> the dragon says, step aside, silver one, and then blast Tynan with fire, <laughs> incinerating him. Bye and bye. Uh, what'd you say? I said, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Violet is like fully having conversations via her mind with this dragon, which like means she's, they're bonded. Like they are bonding and she can't, like she's like having conversation but just keeps being like, I can't believe I'm fully talking to a dragon right now. Like his lips aren't moving. We are talking via mind. And um, the black dragon tells her she should kill the enemy at her feet, which is Orin. And Violet's like, I can't kill an unconscious man. And he said, he would kill you if you if given the same chance. And she said, that's a statement on his character, not mine. And I was like, that's a statement on her character. Like that response, you know? I, I agree. I also, a part of me was like, do what the dragon says you just, just him. met him yeah you just met him you don't know like m- maybe just follow the rules for once bye <laughs> <laughs> honestly i would have loved if the if she was like i'm not killing an unconscious man and the dragon was just like fine and just blasted him <laughs> um but that moment zayden and Sigail his dragon take off and I just wonder if that was like all part of the plan or like if he knew the black dragon was coming and he was like waiting for that to happen or or what the point of him being there was but um I also I also wonder if I mean Violet was a few seconds away from being killed and I do wonder if the black dragon hadn't showed up if Zayden would have stepped in intervened yeah Maybe, maybe, but I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask you guys what you thought there. What were you thinking? I think he would have done something with his shadows to like make the sword slip. I don't think he was going to let her die. I mean, the fact that he showed up, like he's showing that, and I don't know why, I don't know if he's like first, like for sure knowing that Violet's going to be on the rebels based on something he knows about Brennan or like what he knows, but he clearly knows something and he wants Violet on their side. So I think he would have intervened again because no one's watching and there are no rules. So what's the harm? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But um, the black dragon says, let's go Violet Soren Gale. <laughs> And she's like, um, there's literally, I don't understand how you know my name, why you're picking me. I don't know how to get on you. <laughs> like, she's just like really protesting it, bonding with her. And it lowers its leg into a ramp so that she can climb up easier, which is crazy because I was concerned. I thought for sure she would. We talked about this with Holly is like, how is she going to bond with a big dragon? Like she can't get on them but this is like dragons don't do this but he kind of like accommodated for her yeah and it shows I think it's in chapter 15 but it um once they take off there's another dragon flying with a rider on its back and the rider falls and the dragon just lets it fall like it's like riders are so disposable to them like if you aren't strong enough you just don't they don't care to accommodate you but this dragon is yeah the black dragon's different 
also i feel like you know i or at least i didn't realize this until i reread it like he is giant like she's at his ankle she said that's what she said she said i she's not she's barely up to it comes i can't talk she said she comes up to barely his ankle yeah that's, that's crazy huge huge yeah especially when you think about the little golden puppy one um <laughs> she also describes it as curmudgeon like that's like like a like a grumpy old man in her head like that's what <laughs> he sounds like which i thought was funny yeah that's cute um so okay let me let me try to say this dragon's name here we go <laughs> so she finally gets seated and the dragon says my name is dun, 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 dun. i try to phonetically spell it tarn tarny tarn tarny i literally tried to look at that tiktok our listener sent but like that girl is like speaks scottish like i can't <laughs> I, I can't tarnig tarnigath tarnigath are you saying tarnigath that's how she says it in the tiktok really here i'm gonna play it. hold on that would have been so off i would have guessed tarnayanak you would have guessed what? For whatever reason, I say it Tarn, which is definitely not correct. I think it's Tarn. I think it's Tarn. But hold on, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play this TikTok. Well, I never would have gotten to 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 Gail. I wouldn't have either. <laughs> okay, I think wait, it was wait, Scottish. Wait. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> oh that, that's so clear <laughs> i'm so glad we had that tiktok <laughs> oh my god okay that was just the most guttural sound that that's what it does that's what it says i'm sorry <laughs> Come from? <laughs> I don't know that the Scottish pronunciations will really get you. Thank God he yeah. has a nickname. Yeah. yeah. Tarn. So it's Tarn, the nickname. Um, and he kind of, he says, I'm not going to assume he kind of gives her a little, a little background, like son of blah, 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 descended from blah, blah, blah. Um, but, and he says, I'm not going to assume that you'll remember that once we reach the field. So Tarn will do until I inevitably have to remind you. He's like very sassy. And, you know, John was asking me how I was liking my chapters as I was reading. And I, I'm not used to the dragon talking yet. That's a little weird to me. <laughs> Fair. Fair. And um, I, it was funny because he's like asking me and I'm like, well, well, she just bonded with her dragon and now it's talking to her. And he just started <laughs> dying laughing. <laughs> he was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. No, but. I... This past week, I think I might have been talking to you and Alice and Annie, but um, there someone was asking me what dragon I thought she was gonna get, 
And I was, oh no, I think Sadie was when we were at brunch last weekend. And I was like, well, if she gets the golden dragon, then like she'll continue to be an underdog. But if she gets the black dragon, and then I like paused and I was like, if any other table right now is listening to me, I sound like the biggest mega nerd of all time. But you just forget that when you're reading it a little bit. When you're living the world. But I will say like these chapters when she's, I'm sure I'll get used to it. But like when she's just like talking to this dragon, I'm like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, but anyway, Tarn. Tarn. That's our dragon. We got it. Um, we Sigale got Tarn. Oh, Tarn sorry, the talking Andy. dragon. <laughs> <laughs> no, Annie just said we got it. Yeah, okay. Tarn. Okay. So they take off flying and he does some loop-de-loops and like ba- basically within five seconds her hand slips and she falls off and the chapter ends with I'm in free fall. She, yeah. she lasts like zero seconds. So she was right that she is not actually big enough to be a writer. <laughs> um, I also, and I don't even feel like we got this in the next chapter either. I was like waiting for the moment for her to be like, hell yes, I got the freaking black dragon. Like, let's go. You know, there was not mm-hmm. one minute of like celebratory happy dance in her head. She was just like, this isn't right. Like, how am I going to get on to write him? all this stuff um and i so there is two very teeny tiny moments when they are flying in the next chapter where she's like holy shit this is sick but that's but not about the dragon that's more about the flying and then when she tells the roll call the name of her dragon they're like viola that's so sick and she's about to agree but then the other thing happens so she almost has a moment where she's like accepting it, but yeah. I think she's just in such shock. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, cool for her, but then like pretty embarrassing, you know, you get on this big dragon, maybe her moment was about to happen and then, uh, then she fell off. So <laughs> that's true. That will, that will throw your self-confidence for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So want to read the quote from chapter 15 yes um chapter 15 is another straightforward quote this one's from the book of brennan it says just because you survive threshing does not mean you'll survive the ride to the flight field being chosen isn't the only test and if you can't hold your seat then you'll fly straight into the ground because nothing can be easy <laughs> all i wrote and the was, dragons don't like you that much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the dragon tries to throw you off <laughs> Like, all I wrote was, yikes. Like, that just doesn't sound great. And I honestly considered that maybe the black dragon ditches her and the golden dragon saves her and now she's bonded with the golden dragon. I did. I was, yeah, because nothing really happens with the golden dragon at the end of the chapter. It kind of just flies away. But I was like, I feel like I just, Vi just got two dragons in one, right? Like, clearly the black dragon and the golden dragon are buddies. So what's up with that? And then... That is exactly what happens, but yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. So she, the chapter opens, she's falling. She's like, here I go. Added to my death. <laughs> this is <what> I expected. <laughs> and, uh, but then all of a sudden the dragon catches, the black dragon catches her 
or I should stop calling it the black dragon. Tarn catches her with its talons and it's like, you're making us look bad. Stop it. And I feel like I need to be <laughs> reading it in a old man voice um, because that's not really how I read it originally. But I, yeah, I need to make it sound more like I like man. I like that tone you just had. It's like, stop it. My God. <laughs> like Schmidt from New Girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he flings her up into the air and then catches her this time on its on its back. And he says, now get in the seat and actually hold on this time or no one is going to believe that I've actually chosen you. She's like, I, I can't, I can't believe you've actually chosen me. (laughs) Um, But she's kind of thinking about the dragon that she did just snag and like what she knows about it. And this was good for us because it like reminded us what we learned earlier. And that this is one of the deadliest dragons in Navarre. It is the only unbonded black dragon, but it hadn't been willing to bond this year. And it hadn't been hadn't even been seen in the last five years. And his previous rider died in the Tyrish Rebellion. So what yeah, side calling, do we think he was on? Calling back to that dragons change after the riders die, also. That's gotta be the case here. And it's got to be a rebel dragon. It just has to. I mean, it's already breaking like the typical writer rules, you know? So. Yeah. I'm just curious though, because the people. Okay. So I have some theories, but I feel like maybe I should save it. But I'm just going to say a little. So I feel two things. A lot of the people like besides Violet's mom, the generals in the stands, whatever. Everyone is like amazed by the dragon when she gets there and the person at roll call is like Violet that dragon's a legend but then the generals are like looking shocked and I think the dragon's history has maybe been rewritten a little bit I think it was a rebel dragon and but like people have like twisted its story a little because they can't kill it. Right. It's like the biggest, baddest dragon. So they, so like the people high up, like Violet's mom, and I can't remember the main general's name, men, men, something with an M. He, Megrel. Uh, Melgren. 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 I think that, the, <laughs> I think that they do know that this is a rebel dragon. And so they're like, oh fuck, when, it, when it's Violet that shows up with it. Right. It's interesting because they punish all the rebels that they, they can't exactly like punish all the dragons. Like you can't. Especially one like Tarn. Tarn. Right. Like the like the humans can't do anything to big, powerful dragons. But the rebel dragons had to be very willing to rebel because it's not like from what we know, it doesn't seem like the writers control the dragons. They just can communicate via minds. So yeah like the dragons had to be kind of on that side too so yeah I think that's a good point and then also I feel like everyone's also like oh shit because General Melgren's had the only big black dragon for the long time and that's how he's kept his power and now Violet also has a big black dragon so obvious threat obvious threat to Melgren he's giving big villain energy for sure for sure he's the problem he is the problem. He's the problem. And let me just say, I love fantasy worlds with like corrupt 
governments like i <laughs> love that <laughs> yep president snow um, he's giving president snow mm-hmm, he is so tarn's like trying to coach her how, on how to ride and violet's like i'm trying i'm just not as strong as the other riders and i really love this part because the dragon says i know exactly who and what you are violet Sorengale." And she said, I'm sorry, I just, I didn't think I'd make it this far. And he says, I didn't think I would either. So we have that in common. And so that was the line that I was thinking was maybe the, what the last chapter's quote was referencing, where it was like how dragons like really struggle after they've lost their rider. And I was like, maybe he thought he like wasn't going to make it after his rider was killed. His rebel rider was killed. Yeah. I also wonder if the dragons have all been chit-chatting about Violet behind the scenes and that's what drew him into threshing in the oh, first place. for sure. Sigal, Zayden and Sigal have been talking. Brennan <laughs> and Brennan's dragon have been talking. <laughs> Brennan's dragon, Sigal, has been talking to Goldie. Goldie went and scoped it out. Oh yeah, there's a greater plan here. They've all just been gossiping behind the yeah. scenes. Yeah. Um, so Tarn, is that how I say it? I kind of already forgot. Tarn? I think we've let we've settled on Tarn. Tarn. Unless you want to do Tarnach every single time <laughs> you say the name. Just like Hakaloo every time we say his name. Um so Tarn says, we're gonna put on a show and all of a sudden, Violet can kind of feel like invisible straps around her hands and her legs. Like he's using his ma- magic to like hold her on. He's like, you will trust me. Um, and then they go on a crazy ride. They do some loop-de-loops and some dives and some climbs and all these things. And um, he's like, all right, that should do it. <laughs> Not really sure what the point of that was. But I think it just made her <laughs> feel more comfortable on him. Um. And it kind of, that's when she has her moment of like, this is actually sick as fuck. Um, And then Violet finally asks him, why did you choose me? And he responds that it's because he saved her, pointing out the little golden dragon. And as they're coming into the training fields and all the spectators and other bonded dragons or bonded riders and their dragons are waiting for them, he continues and says, You are the smartest of your year, the most cunning. You defended the smallest with veracity, and strength of courage is more important than physical strength. Which I just thought was lovely. Yeah. He's like a a nice little grandpa. I know you're you're getting used to them, you know, talking to each other and stuff, but I actually really love their relationship. Like, I like that he's kind of like a... like a curmudgeonly like sassy old man but then like occasionally will say like a really sweet thing and like yeah clearly I mean at this point even like clearly he already cares about her you know he saved her when all the other dragons like would have let you fall to your death yeah Yeah. I yeah I like how he's gonna I feel feel like almost be like a fatherly figure don't know that i stand by that that's weird he's a dragon <laughs> but like but like voice wise he's like i feel like it's just gonna be a very like steady you know 
presence. So I think I'll like the talking dragon piece of it. I can't wait to see also Dane's reaction to her having the black dragon. I, I just know. thought of that. I can't I wait. I was waiting when she said she was flying in. She like saw her mom and stuff. I was like, where's Dane? Where's Dane? I want to know what he's going to say. Do we think he's going to be so annoying and be like, you can't go to battle. Like you're, you can't survive. He's too big for you. What do you think he's, he's also, that? yeah, he's also not going to let her celebrate. He's going to be like, now you have a target on your back and you have to be even more vigilant Violet. Yeah. 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 Or he's going to be like kind of jealous maybe about her du- double dragon. I don't know. Well, he's still going to act like he has to protect her, even though now she has the baddest dragon out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so they land and everyone's like looking at them in awe and the little golden dragon catches up and lands beside them. And I was at this point I wrote, I'm just so confused on why this little dragon is following them around. (laughs) (laughs) And and Tarn kind of creates a ramp with his leg again and Vice slides down it like a playground slide, which I thought was funny. And the even the other dragons are like muttering amongst themselves, like, what the heck? I can't believe Tarn bonded or whatever. And she turns, Violet turns to the golden dragon and is like, I'm glad you made it, but maybe you should fly off the next time someone suggests you save yourself, huh? And the golden dragon blinks and responds and says, maybe I was saving you. Dun, dun, dun. And... And Violet's like, doesn't she know that she's only supposed to talk to her mated writer? And I was like, Violet, come on, get there. Get there, Vi. Get there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She said, didn't anyone tell you that you're not supposed to speak to humans who aren't your writer? Don't go getting yourself in trouble, Goldie. (laughs) And uh, so she goes to the role keeper and I guess you have to go and tell the role keeper like I'm so-and-so this is my dragon and once you tell the role keeper the dragon's full name you're officially bonded and like only the bonded rider knows the full name of the dragon the the bonded rider and the role teller or keeper or whatever yes and we didn't say this before i don't think but the names are apparently very important like getting the name of a dragon is important i feel like the names are going to be important yeah their secret and yeah the only the bonded writer and the role keeper knows knows the full name yeah yeah um so the professors are all shocked the mother is there shocked melgren shocked uh (laughs) and commandant pancheck which i don't really remember which professor that was but he says is that really and then like right before he can finish that her mother cuts him off and is like, don't say it. Not until she does. And Violet is super offended by this comment from her mother. She thinks she's implying that she's not certain Tarn is really hers until she tells the role keeper. And she thinks the only thing she cares about now is how my flaws might mar her sterling reputation or how my bonding might further her own agenda. And now she's staring at my dragon without even bothering to look down and see if I'm all right. What were your thoughts? I didn't have such a vicious, like a crazy reaction. So I, I had a few thoughts here. One, I was like, okay, they just said only the scroll keeper knows the name, but then this person almost said the name. So what's up with that? And also, if they only know, 
if only certain people know the names, how can we know the name Segale? But whatever. I'm just confused by the names. I think and you then, know the nickname. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows, like, everyone knows Tarn, but no one knows Tarnach. 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 <laughs> <laughs> because nobody can pronounce it. That's why. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say the mom also just knows that this could be bad news for Violet. Also, obviously, the mom is very, like, by the rules. She's not going to, like, go up and hug Violet. Like, she's going to keep her poise and her position in this situation i just don't like that i like supportive moms i want my mom standing up fist pumping cheering me on as i ride in on my big black dragon (laughs) the big black dragon (laughs) that's officially been coined um it's like the the little red wagon (laughs) (laughs) big black dragon i love it it has a nice ring to it but i think her mom i think her mom is at some point going to be like i can't believe like is going to say like i was just in shock that you got the big black dragon and i knew that it was bad news for you because either it was like the rebel dragon or because i knew that it's a direct threat to melgrin but i think she knows that there's bigger implications than just violet having the big black dragon yeah i a thousand percent agree i think that the mom is i don't necessarily think the mom is going to be on the right side of history but i do think that she is like this dragon has bigger implications than just i'm proud of you for bonding with a dragon like she's like oh no (laughs) this rebel dragon with my violet who is already like my black sheep in the family yeah i think the mom's gonna be the most complex character like i can see Mm -hmm. her being like a snape you know like yep. we start oh, off yeah. not liking her and then she eventually redeems herself or something. That's what I see. For, that's yeah. what I see for her. I like that. I like that. Um, so she finally reaches roll call and tells the keeper Tarn's full name. And she's like, I can't believe the he bonded Violet. He's a legend. And right when Violet is about to respond in agreement, a short or a short little high pitched voice of Goldie pops into her head and says, Undarnarum. <laughs> Undarna for short. <laughs> Which is the dragon's name. Hold on, let me pull up the TikTok. I pronounced it Andarna in my head. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that's Hold how on. I, That one's easier, but yeah, that's how I do how, Well, that could be wrong. <laughs> Hold on. Undarnarum. 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 Not the roll not the rolling of the R's. <laughs> Undarnarum. Undarna for short. I need to listen to this TikTok and hear what's going on. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Undarnarum. Um, okay. So Undarna for short. I'm gonna call Goldie either Goldie or Andy. That's what I'm going with. Tarn and Andy. Sounds good. Um, so when he pops up, when she pops up into her head, telling her her name, Violet like whips around and stares at Goldie and, and she's like standing in between Tarn's legs and Goldie's like, tell her. And, and Violet's like, Tarn, what am I supposed to do? And Tarn's like, tell the role keeper her name. 
And Violet turns back to the role keeper and clears her throat and says the name that I'm not going to try and say again. And the chapter ends with her eyes fly, fly wide. Both dragons. I nod and all hell breaks loose. I want to know what happens so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. I also feel I mean, like Taryn should have given her like a like a mini heads up on the right over. Be like, by the way, you have two dragons. Just so you know, <laughs> this has never happened. It is what it is. It's definitely gonna give the scene from Goblet of Fire where Harry's chosen, and some people are like, she can't have two dragons, and they're like, it's the rules. They've chosen her. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. There's like no going back. Yeah. I mm-hmm. wonder. What if, what if Tarn had, like, what if there had been two dragons before? Yeah. Maybe the last time there was two dragons, they led the rebels. Maybe it was like Zayden's dad or something. And I I know, Anna, you can't tell us, but I'm dying to know the relationship of the black dragon and the gold dragon. Like, is that his child? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is that his girlfriend? (laughs) Not girlfriend. It's a baby. Is it a baby or is it just little and cute? (laughs) It's just a baby. (laughs) Okay. Well, then is it his child? Like, I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. What is their relationship? Well, Annie can't tell us. And why hasn't she asked Harn? I think she will ask pretty soon because Violet doesn't keep us waiting with the questions. She does usually ask what we need, you know? Yeah, it's been like an overwhelming five minutes for her, but yeah, maybe she, she will. She'll go find out. <laughs> we literally like she literally just found out that she bonded with both of them. So like she hasn't even had a second to ask Tarn. So I think next chapter or the chapter after she will. And we'll Can know. you confirm, Annie? But I'm also dying. To okay. <laughs> Annie's like no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my biggest question. I'm also. I'm really, I'm really excited to see how each character reacts. This. I'm excited to see how Melgren reacts. Um, excited that he's there because we haven't gotten much out of him, but he's obviously the big villain. She describes him as having like beady eyes and like looking over her with Tarn, and she's like, I just felt like that that entire interaction was giving him like assessing the level of threat that she's gonna be. Um, I'm excited to see what her mom says, and I'm excited for. Dane and Zayden to get involved here. And I'm excited for Jack Harlow to see what you got too. I just want you know everyone's very specific reaction. You know Jack Harlow's gonna like undercut the fact that she got the black dragon by making fun of her for having the golden dragon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what witty thing he could say about that. Like how I mean, it is such a big dragon, like are you that worried about having the little one? I don't know. Also, Ooh. can we can we predict like any like end game moment where this golden dragon's really gonna have like a shining moment? Well, I was also thinking, does she get two sets of powers? She has two dragons. <gasps> That's what I was gonna ask you guys. Any new predictions on her powers or power? Is there one or is there two? Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I mean, she has to have two powers. For sure. 
And um, one's going to be one's going to be badass. Like one's going to be like shape-shifting or something. And then one's going to be like mending. Like the golden dragon's going to be like mending or like I don't know what else. Something like the other thing is like golden has like never been seen before. Like that is not a color that dragons are. So it's yeah. got to be something so crazy and unique. And I just I just don't know. I bet you golden dragon shapeshifts. I bet you the little one shapeshifts. And like they're in battle and that thing like turns into some crazy. Yeah. No, I it she's going to have she I think you were right in a previous episode where you said she's going to have a power never seen before. Yes. Yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, what is that golden dragon's relationship? I want to look it up so bad. <laughs> well, just keep reading. I, I bet it's I bet it's in the very next chapter. I hope so. I hope so. But these were good. These were so good. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. I still am confused how we're already at threshing, but I'm glad we're already here. Like, what's next? Like, it felt like the whole purpose of this college was to get a dragon and now she has a dragon like what's next they haven't told us anything that happens past threshing well she has to get her powers at some point true okay that has to be next and then probably like like, learn how to use them i i kind of like that threshing is so early because you you get to know kind of the dragons pretty early on and like you're not like spending this whole time being like who's her dragon what's next like you really kind of start to jump into what does it mean to be a dragon rider and how do you you know have a relationship with your dragons and what do you do with them I agree I just it just goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of like I don't know what's happening and what's going to happen until it happens like they don't they don't let us know anything like there's no nothing is like too far forward looking like we got to the school the entire premise of the first year seemed to be like training so you could get a dragon and now we're already there and we're on chapter 15 so like what is next powers i guess i guess i guess we're over a third of the way through though it is kind of crazy how we are just like trekking through this thing but um oh also what if jack harlow's unbonded that would be crazy because he just came off a losing battle like who wants that (laughs) i mean violet was about to lose yeah, but black big black dragon's different, you know. <laughs> she was defending the weak. Okay, the, B, the BBB is different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but all the other dragons—they don't want someone who just lost to a little girl. Like, no way. Um, I just can't wait to see how everything played out. I want to see how Rhiannon turned out. If she got that green dragon, I want to see what how Jack ended up. I want to see where everyone landed. So I also want to see like. Are people like different now that they have a dragon? Like, are they going to like maybe Rhiannon will, you know, act different now that like because I feel like maybe, you know, we were kind of questioning Rhiannon or whatever. And I hate to go further when we haven't even seen her in these three chapters. But what if she gets kind of jealous? Like she probably always felt pretty confident because she was like physically stronger than Violet. So she never really felt super threatened. But now that Violet's showing up with two dragons and one of them's the BBB, 
she's going to be like, maybe she'll be a little jealous, you know? Or yeah. What if I forget what the qualities of a green are, but are they, they're like the rational ones and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe her, cause her and her dragon are going to have a very like traditional dragon writer relationship and her dragon maybe won't like, I'm just kidding. I'm really just spewing out there. <laughs> no, I I get where you're coming like, from. Rhiannon like, might be like Violet, like this isn't really like what you're supposed to do, like blah blah blah. I don't know. She's not a yeah. super rule follower though. No. So I I also I have no reason to think that Rhiannon is gonna betray her except for that one clue. So I'm just mm-hmm. you know spitballing here. But I think relationships will change because it's not just like the person anymore; it's the person and their dragon. Yeah. And dragon over everything. (laughs) Dragon over everything. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I love that. And I think that's the perfect place to end. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Dragon over everything. Okay. Well, Annie, thank you for joining us. This was a delight. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. I love having guests on that. Me too. I love having guests on that have read the book because you like keep us in check when me and Sadie are just like spewing stuff that we can't remember from the chapter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're like, I think it was this. And they're like, you're just like, no, no, no. I love it. It gives more of a book club, book club uh, vibe to me when we have like more guests on, you know? Yes. And I'm going to read that book you recommended because it's been popping up. Um, But thank you for joining. This was so fun. You got some really good chapters. So I hope you feel special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I picked them for myself. So... (laughs) But I did text Izzy. I was like, I don't know if you want to do them alone because they're like really good. And Izzy was like, no, come on. And I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> um, these are some of the best. Yeah, they these were pretty good. The and um, I uh, we have a lot of guests queued up. So slim picking. So you really did. You really did pick the best, I think, so far. Early bird gets the worm. <laughs> exactly exactly well thanks annie for joining thanks everyone for listening don't forget to follow us on instagram at gals on topic follow us on tiktok at gals on topic follow subscribe on spotify apple podcasts leave a comment leave a review and join us next episode for chapters 16 through 18 maybe violet will get a power Maybe a prediction will be correct. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) We don't. (laughs) We 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 definitely don't. But thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.